Well, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is at the time you're listening to this teaching. Today we come to chapter 23 in our study of the Gospel of Matthew. So please go ahead and open your Bibles up there. Matthew chapter 23. And uh, as always, I'll just remind you again, all of our teachings are available on our website, which you should see on the screen here. But for those of you that listen via audio only, uh, our website is www.aloveoutreach.com. But before we jump on into verse 1 of Matthew chapter 23, let me give you a heads up of what we are going to see here. Uh, and what we're going to, to read about is what Jesus thinks of hypocrites. We're going to see Jesus express himself on people that are hypocrites, right? Almost the whole of this chapter will be spent on that. Jesus expressing his disdain for those that are religious in appearance only, but are not truly living in righteousness. Now, if you've listened to me teach in the past, you'll know that I truly believe that our works of righteousness matter greatly. What we do, how we live, has an eternal weight, okay? But let's go ahead and read what Jesus has to say about those that say but do not do, okay? In other words, they express one thing, but they live another, okay? Verse 1, Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So what Jesus is saying here is that these men, these scribes and Pharisees here, sit in positions of authority in the hierarchy of the temple. And what they do is espouse or put forth or teach whatever you want to call it, the teachings of Moses. And of course, Moses taught the commands of God. So therefore, what these scribes and Pharisees teach is good in that sense, right? But Jesus goes on in verse 3 to say, therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do but do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. Now, Jesus will use this term shortly, so I'm not out of line in saying that these men are hypocrites, these scribes and these Pharisees. That's how you can describe a person that says they are religious in one way, shape, or form, but they do not live their daily lives in accordance with the Word of God. Jesus continues to describe them in verse 4, and He says, For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not remove them with one of their fingers. 
but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. Now that word phylacteries there, that's a big time word, isn't it, right? But in that day, this word referred to small strips of parchments, right? Or, or pieces of paper, if you will, that had scriptures written on them. And the strips of parchment would be put into to little cases that these men wore, and it was strapped with leather to the forehead and to the left arm over the heart in order that they might remind themselves of the duty that they had of keeping the commands of God in their head or in their mind and in their heart. But Jesus is saying here that they outwardly did those things. It was a religious practice for them, right? But it was nothing but a show because their deeds were evil what they did behind the scenes when no one was looking, okay? So we, we see this in m- many religious leaders or many religious people today as well, don't we? They stand up and they teach or they perform rituals, but later it is exposed that they were living in some kind of sin. And that is because their religion is nothing more than that. It's just a religion. Maybe just their denomination. Or if they have, they could be non-denominational people that live, that present themselves one way on Sunday or Wednesday at church, but yet behind the scenes, they're hypocrites. You see, and this is where God is looking at us. God is looking at our heart, not the outward appearance. Man looks on the outward appearance, which is why man can be fooled or we can fool somebody with our appearance, right? But God looks at the heart and we can't fool him, okay? So verse six, Jesus goes on. They love the best places at feast, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Now notice at the beginning of this chapter who Jesus was talking to, the multitudes and his disciples, right? So he's talking to everybody, okay? And he says, but you do not be called rabbi. For one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren, okay? I was just talking to a guy about this this past week. You see, far too many pastors today put themselves up above everyone else, not realizing that they are nothing more than just another part of the body of Christ, They have a specified role in the body of Christ, yes, but they are nothing more than brethren in the body of Christ, a part of the church, right? Your pastor, your church elder, priest, whatever you may call him, is not to be elevated above anyone else in the church. This is what Jesus is teaching here, 
We have one mediator between us and God. You have one mediator between you and God, and that is Jesus Christ. Okay? Look at what Jesus says in verse 9. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. Now, he's not talking about father in the sense that we know it. I have a son and I'm his father. Remember what Jesus is pointing out here. The temple, the way people live their lives and and these religious leaders and such. Okay, Do not call anyone on the earth your father, for one is your father who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. Now, Jesus made that point right there twice, didn't he? But do we get what he's saying here? It's pretty plain, isn't it? Again, there are people in the body of Christ with specified roles. We know that. But they are in no wise to be treated as any more special than any other of the brethren, the men and the women, the the brothers and the sisters in Christ. Okay? But of those with specified roles, right? Again, they exist, but Jesus goes on in verse 11, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. So that's where greatness is. Humbling ourselves and serving others. Okay, that's what Jesus is pointing out. He who is greatest among you is the one that's serving everybody. The one that's not putting themselves above everybody else or wanting you to call them father, teacher, this, that, the other thing, whatever, right? No. In verse 12, Jesus warns us, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So that's very plain and clear what Jesus is pointing out. There's a contrast between these religious leaders that exalt themselves and and make themselves special, or, you know, unfortunately, what happens too is, people exalt them. People will exalt them to a higher place. And and unfortunately, men or women accept this and begin to get puffed up and begin to think too highly of themselves. And then inevitably it comes to a point where they're humbled because of their exaltation of themselves or their receiving the exaltation of others. Right? What does Jesus think about hypocrites? Verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I told you he was going to use this word. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. You see, many religious people are hindrances to other people having the opportunity to be saved to go to heaven. Why? Because they exalt themselves into high places. And then, like Humpty Dumpty, right, they have a great fall. And when they fall, others who elevated them in their own hearts and in their minds, they elevated that person, they lifted that person up, Oh, this is my pastor. Oh, this is my teacher. Oh, this is, you know, whatever. They lift that person up 
and then that person falls because they should never be lifted up. They fall, and other people fall as well. And they turn away from the Lord. And their entrance into heaven is hindered as well. This is what Jesus is pointing out. Woe to you, verse 14, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive greater condemnation. I tell you, have you ever sat, I, I see that part there that, about pretense making long prayers. Have you ever sat in a prayer meeting, I mean, where people just ramble on with highfalutin words and, and you just start praying while they're praying, Lord, please shut her up. <laughs> Make him stop, Lord. You know, because they're just doing this for pretense. It's just a show. They're using these big words and going on, right? And, and it's been my experience when you see these people outside of the church or outside of the prayer meetings, they're the biggest hypocrite gossipers you've ever met. Right? And this is what Jesus is talking about here. And he continues in verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Again, do you see the disdain that Jesus has for the hypocrite? But look, let me interject something here, okay? I, me, right, you, we all need to be careful as to how we live our lives as professing Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ? Are we doers of the Word? Or are we just forgetful hearers, right? Because the lost world, right, those that are without Christ, they are without hope. They're without God in this world, right? They fear death. They have no hope of eternal life. And in their souls, they know it. They're lost. So what they are doing is they're looking at you, they're looking at me, and they're inspecting us under an extremely strong magnifying glass. So we need to be careful not to be one of these hypocrites. See, when you read the Word of God, when you study the Word of God, don't do it in a manner that's making you think of someone else. That's making you point fingers. Oh yeah, that, that's that person. They're that hypocrite. Oh, that's that religion over there. They're hypocrites, whatever. No, you need to look at the Word of God. Read the Word of God as if you're looking at a mirror. Right? You're beholding your own face in a glass and you can't walk away and forget you know, what you're supposed to be, who you are, and just start living in sin because then you become a hypocrite. Verse 16, Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind, for which, it, which is greater, the gold of the temple that or that or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing 
But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. Now, Jesus is just quoting what they say, right? These hypocrites. Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and all things on it there. He who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. Now, let me try to explain all that to you, right? What Jesus was saying here is that these men had come up with a system that allowed them to not pay their vows. It was a loophole. It was a way of escaping paying their vows. If you swore by a temple, or let's say making a promise to the temple, you were not necessarily obligated to perform the vow that you swore. That was the system they devised that Jesus was quoting about here, right? But if you swore by the gold of the temple, then you were obligated to pay. If you put a gift on the altar of giving, right, you were obligated to pay. But if you swore by the altar of giving when it was empty, right? In other words, you're just making a promise to maybe pay later, then it was okay not to perform that vow is what they were saying. What this all boils down to is that they were more interested in material things than spiritual things. That makes a hypocrite as well. If we get all caught up in the material things of this world, it takes away from who we are spiritually, who God wants us to be, right? They were more interested in the gold of the temple than the God of the temple. They were more interested in receiving a gift than they were in being a giver. So these scribes and Pharisees that ran the temple, they were in it for their own good looking out for ways to make themselves rich and more prominent in the eyes of the people that they consider as below them. These are my people. These are my sheep. I'm the leader of them. Right? This, is, this is the way these men present themselves. And unfortunately, this still goes on very strongly in churches today and amongst the congregants of churches, Right? They, par- they parade themselves when they give their gifts. They want to be seen wearing the right clothing, wearing the right hats and things like that. They want to be seen giving their money, so they parade their giving. And they're lifting themselves up in the eyes of others. The Lord doesn't stand for this. He disdains this. He, he does not like hypocrites. So we need to be careful. Woe to you, scribes, verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So, you know what? It's good to give. But it's more important that you do it humbly and that you do it as a cheerful giver. For God loves a cheerful giver. And that you're mindful of the things that really matter. Justice and mercy and faith. Righteousness, peace and joy. And above all, love. Right? 
These are the weightier matters. This is where the Lord wants our focus. Verse 24, blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed Tombs which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So are we taking all this in? Right, you and me? Do do we see that Jesus wants us to be clean on the inside? That is having pure hearts first and foremost. Whatsoever things are good and pure and lovely and just and of good report, if there be any virtue, anything praiseworthy, this is what we should be thinking on, right? This is how we should be living. This should, should be what should be coming from inside of us, and this can only happen when we are submitted to and committed to the leading of the Holy Spirit, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's the only way it can happen. If I fix my eyes on this world, I'm going in the way of this world. If I fix my eyes on the lust of the flesh, right, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, it's going to draw me to it, okay? So we have to, every day, take up the cross. Every day, decide... I'm walking in the way of my Lord. And the Lord, you know, He pulls no punches here, right? We see what He means. Okay? So we get there again through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that have not come to Christ, those of you that have not been born again, you need to repent of your sin, turn unto the Lord, have faith in Jesus, right? But... Many people fulfill their religious duties of dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, but they live their lives in sin the rest of the week. Right? They're straining at the net. That is, they're, 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 they're not going to let their religion be violated. But they're swallowing a camel by living in sin with an impure heart. Verse 29, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. <laughs> Therefore, you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your father's guilt. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? This is what Jesus is saying. And, I, and I'm sure that I'm not putting enough feeling into it as to how Jesus said. He was frustrated by this. He, he did not like the fact that these people are, are saying they represent God but they're living like hypocrites. They're living in different ways, right? So Jesus is pretty serious about this topic. 
A lot of people look back at their forefathers and their parents and they like to think, well, I'm not making his mistakes. I'm not making her mistakes. I'm not doing the same thing, right? Maybe their religion makes them better or maybe they think they're pure. And that's what these guys are saying here when he says, build the tombs of the prophets that they build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the monuments of the righteous, right? He again, he's speaking of this outward showiness, right? This, this way they're trying to make themselves appear, how they look on the outside, right? They are pretenders. They think so highly of themselves and they think that they would never commit the sins that others commit or have committed. They're so religious, but they're headed for hell. That's what Jesus is telling them. Therefore, verse 34, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. You see, these hypocritical religious leaders will go on to kill the righteous men, wouldn't they? And the righteous women of God. These people that would soon be spreading the gospel after Jesus ascends back into heaven, these people will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They'll begin to, sh- to share the gospel. They will kill them. They will kill James. They will kill Peter. They will kill Paul and many others that stand up for righteousness in Jesus Christ. And I tell you, today, even people that stand for righteousness in Jesus Christ, we don't see people being killed today for that. But I tell you, the hatred that people have toward people that stand for what is written in the pages of the scriptures it's amazing right and jesus is telling them here though they're not going to get away with it they will pay an eternal price for what they do and and again the same holds true for all of those that you know love to be called teacher love to be called rabbi love to be called Father, they love to be exalted amongst the people. We have one teacher, Jesus. We have one Father. But if someone with a specified role in the body of Christ, such as a pastor or teacher or evangelist, right? If they properly instruct you in the Word of God, do what they say. That's how Jesus said at the beginning of this chapter, right? Do what they say. But if they live like hypocrites, don't do as they do. And don't judge your faith, your belief in God on how they live. If they're teaching you the word of God, great. But if they're living like hypocrites, don't throw away your faith for that. The word of God doesn't change. It's true. Always will be. Always has been. Right? So you, you, can't, you can't let your faith be impacted by a hypocrite. Even if that hypocrite hurts you, even if then someone in the church attacked you and came after you, you got to press on. You got to press on in the faith because your faith is not in the hypocrite. 
If it is, you've got a problem. Your focus was wrong. If, if, if your faith is in the one you called father or they call father, you shouldn't do that. The one they call teacher or rabbi, you, if you've elevated people like that and then they fall and you fall, well, guess what? You weren't, you, your eyes weren't fixed on Jesus because we see what he thinks. We see how he lived, right? And remember, you will give an account for yourself someday. You're not going to bow the knee before Jesus someday and say, oh, my pastor said this. Jesus will say, what did my word say? Oh, my pastor told me I was okay to continue in this sin. You know, because I was saved by grace. I could just keep on sinning when the word of God tells us we can't. Right? And Jesus will say, did you study my word? Did you read the Bible? You've got a Bible in your house. If you don't, contact us. I'll send you one. Go to www.aloveoutreach.com, fill out the contact form, and I'll buy you one if you don't have a Bible. Now, I guess I'm putting myself on the line there because I can't buy many Bibles, but, but I'm sure you got one or you can find one somehow, some way, right? But verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. This is Jesus crying out, right? How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, the Lord cared for his people the Jews, the Lord cared for those of the city of Jerusalem, but they wanted nothing to do with him. He wanted to lovingly gather them to himself to, to make them truly the children of God. But they stoned and they killed all those that he sent, and ultimately they killed him as well. Today, the gospel goes forth unto all the world, to both Jew and Gentile, right? Who, whosoever will can come to Jesus. And he wants to gather everyone unto himself. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, right? And again, there's one God and one mediator between God and man. And your religion is not the way to Jesus. Your repentance, when I say your religion, I mean your religious duties, right? checking all the boxes, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. This is not the way to Jesus. Repentance is the way to Jesus and faith in Him and living daily for His glory. What kind of life are you living today? Are you walking in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake? Think about that. Are you walking in the paths of righteousness? In other words, is that the choices you're making? Choices of righteousness, and you're doing this for His name's sake. Are you ignoring Jesus altogether? Do you hate Jesus because of the hypocrisy of others? Have you chose, chosen, oh no, I'm not going to follow that Jesus guy because His followers live like this? Well, He's pointing out what hypocrites are like, they exist. You can be one. I can be one. 
But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we surrender our hearts to Him, when we give Him all of our lives, we won't be one because we're going to be led by His Spirit. We're going to read His Word and we're going to walk in obedience to His Word. We can't just play church while all the while on the outside, you know, or excuse me, on the inside, we're dirty and impure. Wherever you are today, here's the thing, here's the good news. God's mercy is new every morning. And if you're hearing this message and it's touching your heart in some way, shape, or form. Maybe this message is actually pricking your heart and making you angry that I have the gall to deliver such a message. But I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just showing you what Jesus said here, right? But it's the Holy Spirit if your heart is being pricked. If your heart is being touched in some way, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore it, right? Again, I'm just showing you what's written in the Bible and expounding upon it just a little bit. That's my role in the body of Christ that I do by faith. But don't take my word for it. I I don't care if you don't believe a word I said today. Just read the Bible for yourself. What does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? What do his apostles say? What do, you, what do you think of it? And then when you do, you need to examine your own heart and listen to what the Spirit of the Lord will say within you. Thank you for watching this teaching. If we can answer any questions for you or point you to the Lord in any way, please contact us. Again, go to our website and fill out the contact form on the webpage. Right? God bless. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word, your living word. How it rebukes, it corrects, it instructs in righteousness. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. How can we cleanse our way? by taking heed to your word, O Lord. So we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, that you have not left us comfortless and alone, that you've given us your spirit to lead and guide us through this life. And we thank you for this time together again here in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.